Since the beginning of time, gold has been the currency of the world. Gold is the only money that has never failed in the 5,000 year history of its use as currency. That's because gold holds its value. Gold is true money and will always be the backbone of the world's financial system. Gold is a great hedge against economic and geopolitical uncertainties that make paper money unreliable. Don't save paper dollars, save gold by visiting goldmarketaffiliate.com. With goldmarketaffiliate.com, you can also create a weekly residual income stream by sharing with people the benefits of gold and goldmarketaffiliate.com. Paper money has no real value, but gold does. Take charge of your future right now and go to goldmarketaffiliate.com and exchange your paper money for real money. Gold. Goldmarketaffiliate.com. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Morning Mana, which is a powered-packed segment to enrich, empower, and build your day. Join us each Tuesday at 5.30 a.m. Central Time as we explore the Bible, pray for the latest breaking news around the globe, and conclude with a summary of what has been spoken about on the show. Morning Mana is a St. Petersburg Global Ministries. And good morning and welcome to uh, St. Petersburg Global Ministries. This is Pastor Diane Winbush. We thank you so much for tuning in with us on today. And, um, of course, we always want to start off with um, um, getting before God, thanking him for all things. Um, No matter what we go through, we have to still thank him for all things. And also, uh, of course, we continue on to um, lift up those that are going through um, right now and ask that the Lord even will bless them, bless our enemies, okay, and that he will um, um, take care of those in Ukraine. And then we also have to pray for the leader of Russia as well. We want to be praying for things that are around the globe, praying for um, the abortion um, rights and and uh, things that uh, that we have to um, face in life. We have to be in prayer for others uh, besides ourselves, and we want to lift up those um, that are uh, missionaries. That's another thing um, that are in other countries. They're um, holding up the bloodstained banner for God in other areas, other countries. And of course, we always want to uh, lift up our military um, officials um, that are on the front line uh, fighting battles while we're at home and don't have to fight them. Uh, we may be fighting a spiritual battle, but they are fighting a physical one, a mental one, and they are fighting an emotional one and a spiritual one because there are people that are in the military that are also spiritual as well. And so once again, we thank God for all things. Before we even think about complaining, we have to thank him first. We have to thank him. And then, too, once we begin to thank him, the complaining will begin to um, um, move out of the way the negativity, because that's the um, strategy um, of the enemy. He always wants um, us to be in a complaining status. If we start to complaining, then God backs up. He moves out of the way until we can get our minds set together um, so it can agree with God. Come on here. There it go right there. So we can agree. Our spirits can agree, because, of course, we know that God never gets up where he um um, is negative. Even if things are, are are being poured out, his wrath, he's still not negative. Come on here. That's just something that happens when 
sometimes you know the word got to come to pass what he says and so if 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 things happen in the earth that's because it's already written and because uh, and because also that a person has followed in a, a certain path and it and it and it has to play out the way that you know we set it up you know God doesn't do anything we do it to ourselves so um just continue to be in prayer just be in, be in prayer for everyone. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for your leaders. Pray for um, your members. Pray for those that are not saved. Come on here. We've got to pray for those that are not saved. Don't point your fingers at them. They shouldn't be doing this. They should not be doing that. You know, it's, it has been a point in time in our lives that all of us have been on the other side of the fence. So I feel strongly and I felt strongly like that for years since I've been in ministry that God, once he saves us, he's looking down on us as to how we handle other people, how we handle other people when we've been a mess ourselves. We've been into um, things that is not um, holy, that have not been righteous. I don't care if you wore dresses ever since you've been a child, but here we go. Holy Spirit, <laughs> I don't care if you've worn dresses, I don't care if you've spoken tongues since you were six years old, all of us have been in some mess. We all got faults. So we have to pull them in. And how do we pull them in? We pull them in through love. We share our love to people and don't look down on them because they have some infirmities that we uh, perhaps maybe disagree with, and we know that we done been in stuff ourselves too. And God had to dig us out. He had to, he had to, he had to dig us out. He had to reach down and get us. And he had to deliver us. So we never, ever judge people, you know. I'm, I'm just being honest. We never put ourselves in a, in a position where we judge people because I'm telling you, God is looking at us just as much as he is looking and watching the person that's doing the wrong thing. He's looking at the Christian person more because we're supposed to be in there helping them out. It's in the book of Jude. We're supposed to pull them out the fire, okay? And so that's what... Um, that's what our responsibility is. So we always have to be in prayer. We always have to be in prayer. I was thanking God. Um, um, it was a, a outreach event that we had, and one of the vendors that we had at the outreach ministry, they were an organization that provided um, 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 medicine for individuals that um, may have come in contact with someone that had perhaps maybe HIV or AIDS. And, it, and the medicine stops the situation. You know, God, I'm, 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 I'm telling you, we have to be in prayer. We, this is not the, this is not the time that we judge. We, we have to be in prayer and ask the Lord to, you know, work through the medicine. And you know, you wouldn't want nobody to, you wouldn't want Satan to have nobody. If you, if you have a love of God in your heart, you wouldn't want Satan to have nobody. Okay, we don't, we don't preach damnation to people. We. We preach conviction to them, not damnation. That's God's job to do that. That's God's job to, to hold people in his courts. That's not our job. We don't have no right to send them to court, okay, go out there and find people and put them on the judgment throne and tell God, look what they did. That's what Satan do. He do it every day. That's what the book of Revelation said. I think it's in the chapter I think it's in chapter fourteen where he's accused of the brotherhood. That's his job. So we don't help him to do his job. We go in there and we pray for them. We pray for people that we feel that may not be where we want them to be. Ask the, ask the Lord to help them to come up. Come on here. Even if they're saved, because it'll be a shame if God decides to, you know what, since Jerry was was judging Joe. I'm going to go in there and put Joe in a better position than Jerry's in. 
then we we have eggs all over our face, or we look like Ned in the first perimeter, one of the two. So we have to we have to have a love, and that's what God had to do, you know, with me. And 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 He's still working on that part. He is still working on it. He's still working on it. I don't need you to do anything. I want you to see. And, and, you know, a lot of times when he reveals things to us, it's not always good for us to point it out. Sometimes God will reveal things to us for us to be quiet and pray, okay? So we're going to start a series entitled Effective Leadership. This is Effective Leadership, okay? Effective Leadership. That's what we're going to be talking about, effective leadership. And we're going to start a series, and we're going to stop it whenever he decides to stop it. As I feel that it's been something on my spirit for a while that the Holy Spirit has given me to do, and that's to um, minister about effective leadership. We have to be effective in everything that we do, okay? That's just like um, the Scripture teaches us in the parables. You know the parables represent Christ, right, in the red, in the, the letters in the red and what have you. And if it says Lord or husbandman or, or, or husbandman, husbandman of the vineyard, that's representing him himself. And so if he goes away and he comes back after he done given us the, the, these gifts, he's going to come back and see what we done done with these gifts and these talents that he's given us. And so um, it, that's the reason why it's important that we understand what effective um, um, leadership is about, not membership, but leadership. Leadership. We're talking to the leaders uh, on this one right here on this series that goes with pastors, apostles, prophets. Um, they said missionaries and things, but missionary is not in the Bible, okay? So I'm just telling you the, I'm bringing the fivefold ministry. That's what you see on the back behind me right here, fivefold ministry. That's what I teach. Five apostolic, fivefold ministry. And when a person is an apostle, let me go ahead on and put that out there. When a person is apostle, they have to be done fulfilled all five, every last one of them, the prophet, the, 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 the pastor, the, the evangelist, and the, and the, and the, and the they're going to have to fulfill all of it. Then that's when God promotes them. We cannot be an apostle, and we don't have no, no, no scholarly anointing to be able to teach. So... Um, that's just the way that goes, okay? So we're going to be coming out of the book of Ephesians, and it's going to be chapter 4, and we're going to start at verse 1, and this, come, this is coming out of the King James Version Bible. Okay, so it says, I, therefore, the prisoner of, and this is a church, okay? This is a church. All of these, most of all of what you see in the New Testament, they are churches. They are churches. They're just, it's not just a name that God pulled out of the hat. These are actually churches, okay? I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, beseech means to beg, beg you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Walk in the, the ministry. Walk in it effectively. Walk in it strong that what God has given you to do. Verse 2 says, with all Lowliness and meekness means you have to stay humble. You have to be careful about your mouth. You have to be careful about your tongue. You've got to be careful how you deal with people. You've got to be careful how you approach people. You have to be careful how you come off to people. Come on here. With long-suffering, meaning long-suffering means that, um, you know, sometimes we may see people do things and then um, the wrong approach that some of us have done, I mean, I, I've been guilty of it too, 
back in the day, is that when we see something wrong that a person does, we go in there, instead of going to the person and talking to them, we talk at them over the pulpit, and that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be long-suffering, praying, praying, asking the Lord, and sometimes people may not ever get any better. But that's not our job to still rough them up. We have to talk to them, go to them face-to-face. Look, this is an issue that is going on. It's been going on for a while. Uh, We have a problem with it. It's going to cause conflict if you continue to do it. And then also the blood is going to be on my hands if I continue to allow you to do it. Come on. Forbearing one another in love. See there? Love. Love. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for love because that's who he is. God is love. The Holy Spirit is love. Jesus is love. You have to have all three. You can't have one and not the other. You can't have God and not have the Holy Spirit. I I know I believe in Jesus. I believe in God, but I don't want the Holy Spirit because it's going to make me speak in tongues. It's going to make me have these goosebumps. I'm going to have to jump all the way. Then you're not a leader of God. I'm just going to be honest with you. You have to have all three because when we're in ministry, we don't pick and choose our we don't pick and choose who God sent us to. We go to where God wants us to go. So in order for you to be effective in what it is that God has given you, you have to be prepared. You have to be prepared in order to be effective, okay? So it says for bearing one another in love. Three, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit. See there? The spirit, keep the unity. All three of them go together. Every last one of them. You can't have one without the other. Okay? Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. We have to have peace. God is peace. Now, there are going to be some times where some things are going to come up and, you know, and you know, that's just a part of it because, see, all of us are not the same. Sometimes we may have people that come to our church and what have you, our ministry, or they may support us, whatever type of ministry you may have. Um, you may have a ministry where it's, you know, um, online. You may have a ministry where it's a tent revival or a tent ministry. Ever, It does not matter. So I want to clear this up. You know, a lot of times we think that a person, just because they're a pastor, we think that they're supposed to have a church. That's not so. Um, Jesus didn't have a church, but he fulfilled the fivefold ministry, okay? He was an apostle. He was a pastor. He was a teacher. He was a preacher. He was a minister. He was an evangelist. He was every last one of them. He did not have a building, and that's the reason why we have to be careful that when we're in ministry that we make sure that we don't fall into man's tradition, teaching of man's tradition. That's what the reason why Jesus had the conflict with the Pharisees. They were teaching doctrines of men, and they were not teaching the, the doctrine and the word of God and the gospel according to God. So that's the reason why we have to be careful that we don't be picking up what we see other people do on that, because it may not be approved by God. God may not even say that it's okay. Just because this person have a big church and they got 10, 12, 13, 14,000 members, that don't mean God is with them. You can't follow people. You have to follow God. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. You have to have the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit may react in people different ways. Everybody may not, you know, but the Scripture does say it that the says that the speaking of tongue is an evidence that the person has been filled with the Holy Ghost. Okay, the Holy Ghost is there to guide the person. The Holy Ghost is there to um, um, 
uh, lead the person. The Holy Spirit is there to take authority over the person's life, to uh, minister to them. A lot of times we get, we have got caught up, you know, back in the day and stuff, something told me. There was no something told you anything. It's the Holy Spirit that's talking, okay? And if we don't know him, we'll say anything. If we don't know him, people do say stuff like that is because they don't know him. They'll sit there and say, you know, he, he told, I, I know something told me to do so and so so. I should have went with my first mind. You don't have no mind until you follow what the Spirit gives you, and he will give it to whoever will. They don't have to be saved. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says he, God reigns over the just as well as the unjust. Sorry about that. But he does, and a lot of times we get offended because we see other people that are not saved and they're prospering better than we are because perhaps maybe their faith is greater than ours is. Okay? The Bible says you have to have a, a, the faith of a mustard seed in it said nothing about the person there to be saved. It just said they have to have the faith. That's all it said. Verse 4, they, it said there is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one body, one spirit, okay, that may uh, consist of a church as a body, and it may consist of your family as a body. It's just not in the pews, y'all. It's not just in the pews. It's one called in one hope and your calling, okay, one hope. Okay, and that also uh, means that we don't supposed to come up with our own agenda, Okay, we're supposed to follow the agenda. Jesus came down here on earth and taught us how we're supposed to do ministry. A lot of times ministry is off the rack simply because of the fact that we've got our own agenda. He told us how to do it, fulfill the Great Commission, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out devils. And that's the reason why sometimes our um, ship, which is our ministry, may rumble, it may float, it may experience a flood, it may experience a storm, it may even sink because we're in the wrong area. We don't pick up our own agenda. Okay? Oh, you, you don't have to uh, uh, even think about it because all of us have been there before. Every last one of us, we go left, he tell us to go right. We go in the front, he tell us tell us to stay in the back. We're supposed to be in the back and we and, and we tell us to uh, come out the back and we're supposed to be in the front and things. All of us done, you know, Verse 5, one Lord, one faith. And you'll know that you all, you know how you know you're off because the stuff will stop working. And when it stops working, you know that you're off. Verse 5, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Okay? One Lord, one faith. There is no other faith. There's no other, you know, this other stuff that we got going on and stuff like that, these other new revelations. But it's one faith. Now, God will give us revelations. He, the Bible teaches us that he will bring things to our, our, uh, uh, our knowledge that have not even happened since the world began. So when it comes down to one faith, that means unity in him. This is what this is talking about, unity in God, in the Father, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ himself. Verse 6, so you know, we don't supposed to be coming up with our own baptism. When Jesus went to the water, he went down to the pond. He went down to the pool. One baptism. Verse 4, one God 
and Father of all, okay, who is above all and through all and you all, in you all, okay? It's unity. Don't get out of what it is that God has told you to do. You know, when we first become a leader, we have a set of instructions. You don't have any instructions, you need to maybe go back and ask him so he can renew your ministry, renew your calling, or vamp your calling, or revamp your calling. You need to do one of the two, okay? But we, if, when, when we're called, he's going to tell us what we're supposed to be doing. He's going to tell us what our ministry is all about, where we're supposed to, you know, because you know, a lot of times we be want to go all the way over here and all the way over there, and God has not told us to do that, okay? He hasn't told us to do that. We have to make sure that we're obedient. Verse 7, but unto every one of us, we're in the book of Ephesians. He's talking to the church of Ephesus, chapter 4. But unto every one of us is given, see there, every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ, according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Okay, so Christ's measures give us a certain measure. And so once we grow in that grace, he gives us more. It's just not no one level of grace. He gives us more, and he gives us more, basically like a stretching out. The more that you obtain and the more that you grow is the more that you receive. Okay? Verse 8. Wherefore he said, when he ascended on high, he led captive, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. So we know that the disciples was not saved. We know that, right? Everybody knows that disciples was not saved. If they were saved, Peter wouldn't have said those bad words of profanity when the woman came and asked him, told, told the other men, hey, this one right here was with uh, Jesus Christ in his ministry. And Peter went in there, you know, several times and said something to the woman. Then the next thing you know, he, you know, said some bad words. So we know that they were not saved. And so that's the reason why we have to, you know, kind of be careful, too, about certain things and stuff because the gifts will come out, you know, okay? I'm not going to fool with that right now. Uh, but when he he descended on high, he, 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 he led the captives captive, and then he gave gifts. So the scripture will tell us, too, in the New Testament, I think it's in the New Testament, who hindered you, or it may be in the Old Testament, Okay, who hindered you? You ran well, but who hindered you? Okay, so we have to make sure that our that we're operating and exercising our gifts. They come from God. Okay, when He ascended up in heaven, the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter two, He came down because He wants us to win. God desires for us to win. He sent His Son. That's number one. And then after the Son completed His ministry down on earth. He was ascended up to heaven, but he didn't. He didn't. He didn't leave us fatherless or brotherless or sisterless. He left a comforter for us, which is the Holy Spirit. You cannot uh, leave him out. You can't leave the Holy Spirit out of this. Verse nine. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? So this is talking about. This is uh, talking about basically uh, after um, he was persecuted, 
crucified. Um, he was in the grave, but then he got up out the grave too. And then he went down to the lower parts of the earth, which is Sheol, or some people call it hell. And he went in there and he is up. Okay? Verse 10, he that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might feel all things. See that? He might feel all things. Now, here come the all things, what he's sending ready to fulfill. He that descended is the same that also descended. So, so he went down to hell and preached, and here he comes back up. And after he comes back up, then the, the scripture says he was seen about over 500 men. I think that's the correct um um, number five hundred five thousand one of them, and he also ascended from above that he might feel all things. Thirteen, watch this, and he gave some apostles, which he fulfilled. See there, and some prophets, which he fulfilled. He walked these meaning he walked these ministries, these titles out while he was on earth. Some prophets he gave them. Tabohosha, mm, he gave them what he had experienced. What he had walked out while he was on earth, he gave this to them. He left that to them. I have walked and fulfilled all of these things. Now, I'm going to give it back to you so you can be able to walk the earth and walk in these titles and walk in uh, out these uh, these uh, commandments, walk out, not the Ten Commandments. There are other commandments beyond the Ten Commandments, but walk out this obedience of God, the work that God would expect us to do in ministry. And some evangelists, which he was there too because he traveled, okay, and he preached as well. And some pastors and teachers. So he was a pastor to the people. He didn't say anything about it. He had no building because the scripture teaches us in the New Testament that the foxes have holes, but Jesus, the Son of Man, does not have anywhere to lay his head. So when a person comes in, you don't um, um, see what the appropriate word to use. You don't ostracize people just because they're a pastor and they don't have what you think that they're supposed to have. They don't have a building. They don't. That's the tradition of man. God didn't have no building. Jesus didn't have no building. The Bible teaches us in the Old Testament where Solomon, uh, uh, you know, said, you know, David could not build God in house. So it was left up to the son to be able to do it because David had blood on his hands because he did a lot of warring. So it was left up to the to do it, Solomon, and he was pleased to, to to build the Lord a house where his spirit could dwell in, okay? Same thing with uh, Moses when he built the tabernacle so his spirit could dwell, okay? So we we have to be careful telling people who they are. See, we, we make sure that we don't get caught up in the traditions of men that, that, that irked, e, not e, U-R-P-E-D, that irked Jesus, that irked him. That's the reason why he stayed on the Pharisees all the time. That irked him. They had on the right clothes. They had the, they were Bible scholars. Come on here. They had the right scriptures. Come up a whole shot. They had the right word. Come on out of here. But their heart was not right. They was not following God's way. They had their own agenda. Come on here. We cannot follow the tradition of men. Well, I see Jerry over there and stuff. So since the pandemic done came and stuff, and Jerry, he's sitting up there. He got, you know, this going on at his church. We're going to try the same thing. And when Jerry hit the ground, guess what's going to happen to you? You're going to hit it too. Okay? 
You have to be careful that we are not following folk, but we are following God. Just because what they're doing over there at somebody else's church, because they are powerful, strong TV evangelists, they don't have anything to do with you. Keep the focus on God. Ain't got nothing to do with you. Come on out of here. Ain't got nothing to do with you. You ain't been doing it at first, and if you have not been doing it at first, why are you going to do it now, folks? Because you're following the tradition of somebody else. So I got to keep up with the, with everybody else. Got to keep up with the Joneses. Got to keep up with the pack. And when they were, and, and that, I'm so thankful. Thank you, Holy Spirit. When my, my grandmother and things like that, when I was coming up and things, I was always kind of considered as the plain Jane. I was green to, to a lot of people, basically maybe to all folks and stuff. I don't know. Okay. But I remember what I, my grandmother would tell me when I would go to school, and she would her her her, her quote was, "Gal, if everybody is going that way, you need to turn around, and if everybody's following that thing, you need to turn around and reverse it and go back the other way, because eventually, later on down the road, something is going to come down in the wash about the reason why everybody's following it that way." Okay. So you, we, we have to obey what God tells us to do, okay? Something go, something eventually will come down the road, maybe 9, 10, 15 years down the road, and it's gonna, something going to wash up, okay? You see how this thing flipped the script about this pandemic? This pandemic flipped the script on a lot of church leaders now. You don't want to admit it, but it did. It flipped the script on them because the Bible said that the judgment's going to begin in the house of God first. Flipped the script on a lot of folk. Shut up a hole. It flipped the script on them. You think God, well, all these people that, that died in the pandemic and the COVID, they were folk that wasn't saved and stuff like that. There was some church folk that went out too. We follow whatever the pattern that God give us. God give you something, follow what God, and even after you hear this message, you still can go back and say, you know what, God, I want to do it your way. I want to turn. want you to turn this thing around. If it's anything, see, we have to ask God to give us an X-lax, a spiritual X-lax, where we get cleaned out. When we was coming up, they used to sing a song in the Baptist church some years ago and things where it says, search me, search me, Lord. If you find anything that shouldn't be, take it out and strengthen me because I want to be right. Come on here. Have bubble whole shot. I want to be saved. Tabashi, I want to be whole. We have to ask God to give us an excellence. Never get too high where you can't fast, you can't pray, you can't get on a sabbatical for you. Don't, don't, don't be, be sitting up there doing no sabbatical for nobody else. I remember doing that some years ago when I first got saved. When I first got saved, I'm set up here and put somebody else up on the altar trying to fast for somebody else. Guess who the first one came up? It was God reversed the thing and put it right back on me. Don't be so quick in things to go tell God on somebody else, and you ain't right yourself. You got flaws too. Okay. Verse 12, verse 11, and he, he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. This is the fivefold ministry 
A lot of times when you go into the hospitals, we don't pay it any of attention. I had an opportunity, uh, you know, to volunteer as a chaplain several years ago, and we would always meet every um, fourth Wednesday of the month, and we would all come together, have breakfast together, and we would all sit down. It was, you know, volunteer work. Okay, you can't uh, lead unless you got to first got to learn how to serve. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's right. I just said it. Yep, yeah. you cannot lead anyone unless you know how to serve first. And so, uh, even with that, as uh, uh, you know, being a, a chaplain, we learned a lot. There was a lot to learn, a lot to get off of it. Uh, you, you know, and. And and um, even with that uh, position, you have to stay humble. You have to stay humble. You have to stay humble. And so once I looked up, and and one day we was eating breakfast, and I looked up on the wall, and it and and um, at this Baptist hospital that we were serving at, it said the fivefold ministry. Now that's something. How the hospitals got it. Right, and we don't have it right. <laughs> you go in the Methodist hospital, it, they may not say five-fold ministry. They may say three-fold or four-fold because we do know that the hospitals, I didn't know it until God put me in that position as a chaplain, that the hospitals are actually church ministries. That's exactly Baptist, Methodist, come on here, Episcopal. you got some hospitals that are they're men, they're church ministries. And some of them you go in, they'll recognize the fivefold ministries, they'll have it put printed up on the front. And some of them when you go in, they'll have the threefold ministries, they'll have the fourfold ministries, depending on whatever that person's belief is. Okay? And if it's not on the front, you can just about go in some other parts of the hospital. I promise you, you're going to find it. They're going to let you know who they stand for and what they stand for. They're biblical hospitals, Christian hospitals. So Baptist is, I think, four or five-fold ministry, okay? Twelve, for the perfecting of the saints. That's what it's for. It's not for anything else. These titles that he gave us is not for anything else. God gave the, the um, instructions to him. He gave the leadership to, to Jesus while he was down here on earth, and Jesus gave it back to man. But here it is. After he gives you something, there's always a reason why. So here's the reason right here. It's for the perfecting of the saints. That's what it's for. Okay? So if a person is up and God has given you a gift to, to sing or what have you in the choir, you're going to know that the person is singing in the spirit because it's going to touch somebody else besides the person with the microphone. It's going to go all over that house. That's when it's edifying other people besides the person that got the microphone. Same thing with the, when you're a leader. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, see there? It's for the work of the ministry. The fivefold ministry is for the work of the ministry. When's the last time you've been to work? Oh, well, you know, I, you know, I'm a, I, you know, I do this and stuff like that, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I I go and see about the sick. I, that's part of the package. Well, you know, I went over there to, to visit the Jones family and stuff because they got bereavement going in the family. That's part of the package. When are you going to do some real work? Okay? 
You got other people that are homeless. People are looking for water to drink. Come on, they're looking for water to drink. When you going to go to work? Come on here. When you going to go to work? Well, I give out this once a month. I mean, I give out this. I do a school, uh, did this right here, and I do that right there, and I do this and, and things like that. I do this every quarter, and what have you? People need help every day. And when we refuse to open up our hand and give out, then, you know, we can't expect God to do too much for us. And then we'd be crying about financial gain and all kind of stuff like that. God cannot give us anything if our hands are tight. Okay? We're going to have a, a school bash and stuff. No, somebody needs to bash you. You got to, <laughs> you, you got to, you got to, we got to do more people of God. We got to do more. Okay? We have to do more. This is how our ministry started. It started out helping people. Now, we kind of got a little slack a little bit too. And I'm just trying to help you now. We got a little slack, and the Holy Spirit get to come in there and straighten me out. You have ran well. Who have hindered you? And He had to come right back in there and revamp it again. And I got right back up and started and took off. Okay, this is not no um, once once every five or six months, or just because it's a school, or we're gonna do trick or trunk, trunk or treat, or whatever. That no, no, no. This is an ongoing thing. The more you give out, that the more it's going to come back into you. It's a turning wheel. Come on out of here, Ezekiel chapter 1. It's a wheel that keeps turning. Baba boho shy. The more you keep giving out, the more it's going to continue to shake him up, come back to you. Well, I ain't got nothing and stuff ever because you ain't giving nothing. You ain't going to have nothing. Okay? For the work of the ministry, that's what it said now, for the work of the ministry. You got people, you have, you have uh, uh, we, in America, we have burn centers where children are sent there. They just be burnt, three and four degree burns and stuff like that. The parents, some of them don't even have the money to be able to travel and things. I'm, I'm serious. I've heard of some cases, um, you know, you know, where the parents had to go, had to, had to stay here while the child had to be in another state while the people was working on their children because they didn't have the money to go. Okay? You got to know what your what your responsibility is. It's all our responsibility. Jesus healed people, he fed people, he provided for people, he clothed people, he did all those things. It's not the ministry, the church is not for us to set up and then and another thing is stuff, you know, we have certain, you know, Pastors and what have you and stuff, they doing it all by themselves. You got a, got cities and stuff, got about 5,000, 10,000 pastors, but you only see two of them on the news trying to help children, trying to help the youth, trying to do youth programs and things like that. And then the other people set up under the air conditioner and they get cool and they ain't doing nothing. And then you wonder why you, you wrestling in your finances. Come on out of here. You ain't giving out nothing. You, my grandmama used to say, and, and I always use her, her words and things a lot. She always used to say when she was living, alt from alt, leave alt. So nothing from nothing, leave nothing. Okay? For the perfecting of the saints, verse 12, chapter 4, the, the, the book of Ephesians, and this is 
uh, Paul speaking to the church of Ephesus. This is the church he's talking to. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So that means that if God is giving you a gift, it don't matter what kind of gift. Now, we're not talking about just like no, no pastor or nothing like that, but whatever it is that God gives you as a gift, it ought to be able to reach somebody else. Somebody else ought to be able to feel it. Somebody else ought to be able to know it. Somebody else ought to be able to experience what it is that you have. So before I came into, uh, actually went uh, to my leader at that time and confessed that I was, you know, in ministry and what have you and things, there was plenty of people walking up to me and telling me, somebody else ought to be able to see besides you. That's what I'm trying to say, okay? Somebody else ought to be able to see it besides you, and you'd be surprised who we come through. It may not always come through somebody that's saved. It may not always come through someone that's sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm trying to I'm trying to help you now. It may not always come through that person. God may send the quietest person. He may send the person that may not even go to church, and they may come in and bring you a word from the Lord. Okay. Got to be careful how we size uh, God up. Sometimes God can be be coming and 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 trying to help us and what have you and things, and then we shoo it off, shun it off because we don't even understand how God can speak through anybody. And no, we're not going to use that example as the donkey. We're not going to use that. I'm talking about God uses people. Okay, verse 13, till we all, see there, till we all, not just you, not just your daddy, not just your mama, not just the first lady, come on out here, not just the pastor, but we all come in the unity of the faith. God wants us to have unity. So there is no reason why we should be at strife with each other. We should not be in strife. I'm, you know, I'm just going to just put it on out there. A lot of times, I'm going to tell you this now, we have to be careful. We have a live, real devil that's on the scene. And so his his premise is to keep us at odds with each other. You know, she you know, she ain't about nothing. He ain't where he's supposed to be. You know, she over there building another church. She ain't got but, you know, this minute. No, you got to stop that. You got to stop that. Okay? You know, a lot of time when we be in ministry and stuff, you know, we supposed to be helping each other out. Been in some situations and stuff where when I first get started mining, what have you, and stuff, uh, you know, so you had to go in to talk to people. You know, did you got this to kind of help out and stuff like that? The person never did bring it to fruition. Because a lot of times people don't want to see you grow. That's because the person, you know, a lot of times we get this, this thing confused about, you know, this Peter mess. You know, who's the greatest? You know, it's all of it. The Bible that Jesus told him and things, the one that's the servant, that's the one the greatest. Okay? Okay, we until just just listen to what the word says. Listen what the word says. Okay, with the word capital W O R D. See, we get we we get offended about the word. We already know that we're not in Christ. We know that we're not in Christ. The Bible says they hated me for my word. Okay. How we gonna get upset about somebody about the word? They may be a little sharp, 
and we have to, you know, you know, we we have to swallow it. But if we belong to God, we're not going to let this word offend us like this. We're going to get over the hump, and then we're going to get in there and do what God tells us to do, right? Of course we are. If we, if we said we belong to God. Verse 13, till we all come in the unity of the faith. This is his word. I didn't write it. This is what he said. Until we all come in the unity. Come on out of here. I, I got to change my, uh, hold on for one second. I got to change my, I didn't know I was going to be longer than this today. So I got to change this. Because um, we're doing radio and we're doing video too. So until um, we all come into the faith. We all come into the unity of the faith. That means you should want, you should be praying for for your brother, your next door neighbor. Hey, and what is all of this foolishness? Just because somebody come, you you've been there for a while, and somebody else start to building a church down the street from you, and you don't want to help the person out. <laughs> they be around the corner, and you get in there and get up on the on the stick, and you tell people that, you know, they're building their church right around the corner and stuff, and that don't matter to me. That's not the way you're supposed to have no business, and you're a minister, pastor, apostle, bishop, whatever your place is in God. It sounds like somebody's jealous-hearted to me. It ain't going to take nothing off your sleeve to go in there and type up a nice letter and send a card or something like that and welcome the person in or if they're building a ministry and stuff down the street from you or, or two miles from you, it ain't going to take nothing off your sleeve to go in there and welcome that person into that community. Okay? We don't take nothing off your sleeve. That's hatred, jealousy, competition, okay, which God does not have any competition. I'm not going to take anything. You know, go over there and offer him a, a her, him or her, go in and offer him something. You don't know what it took for them to get to where they are. You don't take nothing off your sleeve to go in there and invite that person in and stuff. You want to come over to our church or you want to fellowship one night together and what have you. We want to get to know you, learn you. We, we don't, look, we don't prophesy. We don't go to nobody else's church and prophesy on them to drag members to our church. Now, I'm going to let that rest on your spirit right right, right, right there. We do not go to other people's church and intentionally prophesy on other folks' members and drag them folk out there, that other man of God's church and bring them over to our church. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. We don't do that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Till we are, you leave other folk members alone. Leave their members alone. Come on here. It's God is so big, he can bless us with, 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 with whatever it is that we need. He's big like that. We don't have to go in there and, 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 and that's witchcraft, sorcery. Come on out of there. That's what that is. That's sorcery. I, we don't have to do that. Like I said, it's not going to take nothing off your sleeve if somebody's building a church Around the corner, or in the valley, or over there, over there on uh, 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 Butterfinger Valley, it ain't gonna take nothing off your sleeve to go in there and welcome that man of God or that woman of God into that community. It's not gonna take nothing off your sleeve to do that. That's jealousy. 
competition. There ain't no competition. You afraid that somebody gonna leave your your members gonna leave your church and go to somebody else's church just because it's new? Don't do that. Show love to them. That's what it said right here. Let's go back uh, uh, chapter, same chapter, and uh, the the same chapter, book of Ephesus. Uh, talking to the church of Ephesus in the book of Ephesians with all loneliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Chapter verse 2. 13. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. The knowledge. A lot of times we be saying, oh, I know the man. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. When you build a relationship with him, is when you begin to know him. The Bible teaches us, I think it's in the book of Proverbs, when it says to fear God is the beginning of knowledge. That's that's when it gets started right there, to fear him. Don't come in with your own stuff, your own agenda, your own drama. To fear him is the beginning and the beginning of wisdom and knowledge is when we are afraid of him. I'm not going to do this because I don't know how this is going to come back to me. When a person is not saved, they don't have no belief that any revocation can return back to them for their actions. That's because they ain't saved. They lukewarm. But those that follow God, they are afraid to go in there and tell the person off or trying to get the last word because they know God's going to come back and get them. Okay? They used to sing an old, a old song, this quartet in the Baptist church a long time ago. Everything you do is coming back up again. God don't forget about nothing. You may forget. I may forget it, but God never forgets. Till we all come in the, still, verse 13, I'm trying to move on. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. So stop going around telling folks that you can't be perfect. Stop that lying. Okay, how is it that you that, that 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 the Spirit says, the Word of God says, which is the Spirit of God says that we have to be without a spot or blemish? So let me explain it to you. So if we go in there and we have a, a issue with unforgiveness, so, you know, a lot of us, you know, you know, I ain't talked to my brother in. 20 years, I ain't talked about, and then all of a sudden, God coming in and use you where you are being the better person to be able to work a situation out, then after a while, you are perfecting that thing. You're perfecting it. We can't, look, y'all, we can't come in here with these old cliches that we have heard other people say. That's what they used to say a long time ago. We can't do that. There's no scripture bearing that, that we cannot be perfect. When you overcome a specific battle or an issue that you're wrestling with or a flaw that you're wrestling with, and once you perfect that thing and it no longer bothers you, you are walking in perfection in that area. And then God moves on to the next thing. Whatever you give up to God, God is not going to come in there and just voluntarily clean you up in that area. you got to want to be clean. Come on here. You got the warning, just like I got the warning. And how do I know that I got this problem? Because the Holy Spirit is going to show it to you. He's going to show you how you come off the people. He's going to show, look, wait a minute now, hold on for a minute. He's going he gonna to teach you if, you if you let him teach you. He's going to show it to you. Okay? So it says, to we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue, stature 
of the fullness of Christ. So we got to come all the way in, not halfway. This is a full thing. Shekema. This is oh Baboshai. This is a fullness. You got to come into the fullness of Christ. That's mean why we going and we take we know when we be wrong. We the first one know when we out of order. Come on out of veil. We the first one to know when we're out of order. Okay? Because there is a conviction if we say pride is the only thing that keeps us from going to God about our flaws. It's pride. Just because a person don't deal with their flaws don't mean that they're not saved. But pride will stop you. Obedience, okay, disobedience will stop you. Okay, because God wants us all to work. That's what the man said. I didn't write this. I'm, I'm, I'm giving it to you just like what this word says. Verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. See, that's what Satan does. He's going in, he'll toss you from this side. He'll toss you on the other side. Then he'll toss you on this side. I remember a leader when we was um, uh, going to church um, in Memphis, a leader said, he'll switch your root devil. That's what he told us. He'll switch your, after you get through on this side right here, some people, that's what some people do. Okay, and you, you, you may see a certain thing in a person and the Holy Spirit give you a, a good discernment of that person and of their spirit and things like that, and then once you go in there and call them out in that area, they'll turn around and switch around to, a, to, to another total different spirit. And that's what he had taught us some years ago, that that devil has a switch. He has switch a rule. He'll switch on you, a person. They'll switch. When they feel that you have detected their spirit, they'll turn the other way. And, oh, okay, then. and then next thing you know, there's something totally different. Okay, so we're not tossed to and fro. So who can toss us to and fro? Satan. You know God is not going to do it. The Holy Spirit is not going to toss us to and fro. The Bible just told us and stuff that we come into the knowledge of the Son of Man. That's what it says. So we know that God is not going to do it. The enemy tosses us to and fro mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally. That's why I was telling God and stuff the other day. Anything that's out there that they putting in this food that's gonna cause my emotions to go the total different way and a negative ability to me, so I can stop eating it. Come on here, so I can stop eating it. Just had a a, a, a delicious bacon and cheese wrap. It was it, I'm serious. It was phenomenal. A, a, a bacon and cheese wrap. But I told God, if that bacon got emotions in it, take it away from it. Because we want to be firm, y'all. We want to be firm in our spirit. <laughs> we don't want the enemy to sit there and use stuff to mess us up. That's, that's, that's his strategy, to mess you up in your emotions. So that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Oh, now, look at that. Wind of doctrine. That means anybody can walk through the door and tell us something, and we believe it. That's carried away. That's tossed and driven, every wind and doctrine. Every time somebody says something, there you go. You shouting. You're the first one on the altar. You're the first one always want somebody to lay hands on you, pray for you, prophesy on you, speak in tongue on you. That's being tossed. Everybody come in the door and stuff. You're there for every service and stuff because you want to be able to get touched. You want to be laid out. You want a word. You get in your word right here. This is going to stop you right there from the tossed and driven. Get in your own Bible. Get in your own word. 
okay? And then when people come in, we 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 uh, acknowledge people. We we be thankful for them and things like that. But you know, that sounds like somebody's not settled. They're not stable in their spirit. Because they always looking for a word. God will talk to us every day if we get in the word. He'll give us instructions every day if we stay in the word. Okay? So, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. This is what the word said now. I can take you to the scripture where it says in the book of John because I asked him. I said, now, Lord, I said, why is it that, you know, you, you you see people that they're saved, and then you see people doing the same thing, but they ain't saved. Because, see, the Bible says that it's our, our, our fruits is what's going to determine how, you know, how people look at us, okay? And that's when he told me, you know, he may not reveal it to us when we go to God. I'm just going to tell you what the man said, okay? And he told me back here a few days, not a few days ago, but he told me a few days later after that because they hated my word. It's in the book of John. I gave them my word. I gave them your word and stuff, and they hated it. That's how you know when the person ain't saved. They ain't living nothing. It's when they hate the word of God. They don't want you to come in there and prophesy on them and tell them that they got to stop doing this. They got to stop doing that. They got to stay out the pulpit, and they're doing this too. They hate it. And that's when you know that the person is not where they're supposed to be at in God. How you going to hate God's word and then you're going to jump up and then you're going to tell somebody else about God, but you hate it yourself. You don't want to, you don't want to be straightened out. You don't want to be fixed. you got to be fixed. This old man is not going into the heavens, okay? They hated his word, okay? you got people that get mad at you when you go in their church and minister in their church. They want you to come in there with something like with a pacifier and stuff. Goo, goo, ga, ga. They want you to go in there and butter them up. Uh-uh, not this one right here. They get mad at you. And what is this mess anyway? We, When somebody come to, we, somebody is in, we invite somebody to our church, and then when they come to the church and teach the real thing because we ain't teaching this stuff, we get up right behind the person and stuff, and then we'll go in there and we'll go all back over the whole thing of what the person administered and stuff. That's intimidation. That's jealousy. You don't do no stuff like that after the person that got up and brought the words. You the one inviting them over there and stuff. And then once they they teach something different than what you supposed to be teaching because you ain't where you supposed to be. And then once they you the person get through preaching, you get up right behind the person and stuff and go in there and just go through the whole scriptures all over again and things because you you ain't where you supposed to be at. Ridiculous. Shut up, Ridiculous. Okay? It's ridiculous that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about. Verse 14, we still there about with every wind of doctrine. Just because a person knows how to heal and things like that, you got to make sure that they come from God. Then we talking about still effective leadership. Okay? And then, too, you know, you know, it's just. It's boo-hoo on the pastor, too. When people are coming to the, you, inviting people to your church, you got to make sure that you go in there and get before God first. You got to talk to God. Who do you want me to put up in this pulpit? 
Who do you want to come over here and minister to my women's conference? Who do you want me to come over here and minister in my men's conference? Who do you want to come over here and do my usher board? Some people still have an usher day. So there's nothing wrong with that. Don't be judging people because they have an usher day, Mother's Day, Father's Day, and stuff like that program. Leave people alone. Let them learn and grow the way where they see fit. Leave them and shake their mama mouth. Shakur. Leave them alone. Leave them alone, God says. Leave them alone. If they still have an usher day, they still have a choir day, they still have a choir night, they still just however the person feels that they need to get free, leave them alone, God says. Leave them alone. Don't be judging people. Sometimes people are doing all that they can to, to go to church and trying to drag themselves to church and stuff. Sometimes the church is a refuge to people. Sometimes people don't have nothing else. They're doing all they can. Don't beat them down. Don't hurt them. Don't kill them. Leave them alone. This right here, this right here is for the leader. Okay? So tossed and driven by every wind and doctrine. Just every, every, just, just, you know, I got to be at every prayer service. I got to be, you know, I got to do this. I got, I I just got to be everywhere. No, you don't. No, you don't. That's tossed and driven. No, you don't. You can take a break. You don't have to be at every Bible study. No, you don't. And we should not, as leaders, force people to be. If people have a problem where they work a whole lot of hours and stuff like that, we are wrong to sit there and force those people to have to tell them that what they got to do. And God is telling them they need to take a break and they need to rest and what have you. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. If a person can't go no further, they probably got feet problems, back problems. They probably got, you know, asthma problems and stuff. They may have some issues with uh, migraine, headaches and stuff. Don't do that. Don't do that. Let people off the hook. You would want to be off the hook. Well, uh, I, I got to come to church. They're supposed to come to church. I'm the pastor and stuff like that. To whom much is given, much is required. Be quiet. Close your mouth. Sit down. Leave them alone. So I'm trying to get off of verse 14 that we hear. Shake him Leave them alone, God said. Therefore, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men. See them? By the slate of men. Acts chapter 8, we'll back that up, about the, about the man went in there, and he was in there sorcering everybody and stuff, and the people thought that the man was real. Simeon, Simon, Simone, whatever, whatever how to pronounce his name. He was a witch doctor. Come on here. He practiced witchery, sorcery, fooled the people like they was all of that, taking their money. He fooled me. The slate of men and coming crafting and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. So we already know, just like I said, you know, people if you know, we have ministries and stuff like that, we still be responsible. We're responsible by God by God for who we let come to our church and who we put up in our pulpit. Okay? It's, it's 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 ironic how people sit back. They don't like to fool with people and stuff to tell the truth and be real and live by according to the word and preach the word and stuff. But any sucker that come up in the in the church and stuff and he got some kind of game scheme or game going and stuff, and we'll run them right up in that house in a minute, and you're gonna be responsible if them them spirits on that person attack them folk in that house in them pews. Ketabah. 
You're going to be responsible. God going to deal with you. We talking about effective leadership. When you're effective, when you're effective, you make sure, you, you know, we, 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 we obey God. We get our instructions from God. We get before God every day. Father, I thank you for another opportunity to get it right. That should be our first prayer. Father, forgive me of my sins if I've done anything wrong to hurt or harm anybody. That should be our first prayer. And when God reveals it to you now, after you get through prayers, you got to go in there and deal with that thing. You can't just sit there after he, he deal with you with it and you just go in there and throw it over your shoulders. You can't do that. You can't do it. I can't do it. You got to deal with it. Okay? Verse 15, but speaking the truth. Because, see, this is not about no fame and stuff like that, y'all. This ain't about no fame. Would profit a man to gain the whole world and then he turn around and he lose his own soul? You can lose your soul for trying to get to the top. Let him take you to the top. You going, but let him do it. You climbing up the ladder, but let him do it. Wait on him. Shut up by. Wait on him. The Satan will come in there with a lie. He'll mess you up. You got to watch him. He'll mess you up. You be thinking that, oh, I know this God. I know this God. God, God told me. Better be careful. If you have to and, and things like that, you you know, go on a fast. Oh, we don't like that and stuff. We don't want to, uh, you know, move them chicken wings and stuff out the way. That's sausage. All that pork that got our blood blood pressure so high. Then we be the first one on the altar and stuff. Talking about, oh, Lord, I need deliverance because my blood pressure and stuff. Leave that stuff alone. Okay, he said, I wish above all things that you be prosperous and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So God wants to make sure we're putting the right things in our bodies because it's the temple of God. We can't have it both ways, y'all. We got to speak by the scriptures. I just told you about that, about that bacon wrap that I had, good bacon wrap. But I told God any emotions attached to it is coming up off the list, trying to do better. Okay, verse 15, but speaking the truth in love, don't be so harsh to people mistreating them and things like that. Like I said, we don't have to put a, get up there and put folks' business out there on the podium. Now, I'm going to tell you something that's going to bless you now. I'm going to bless you. That's gonna, I'm trying to help you, okay? If you have went in there and someone has came to you and confiding in you about some personal information that they have told you, whether it's about their marriage, their children, whether it's about um, some personal stuff, you know, relationships, jobs, financial uh, deficiencies or something like that, and you get up on a pulpit the next day or the Sunday and things, and you try to ridicule that person, you tell all their business and things like that, I'm telling you, People can take you to court for your mouth, so you got to be careful how you use it. Got to be careful how you use it. You know, we are counselors when we're pastors and and, and evangelists and and uh, deacons and elders and eldresses and deaconesses and uh, apostles and bishops and stuff. We are counselors. That's the way the state looks at us. We're counselors. So. Um, it's just like a psychologist that has licenses, 
that psychologist go in there and they, you know, reveal stuff that is pertinent, pertinent, pertinent and private and things like that, you know. The person can turn around and take the person to court for revealing and uncovering their personal business. It's a difference between church and state, but let you let let the church get out of line, and the state gonna step in. You got to, that's mean why we have to read all of us. We got to read and study what things really actually are. Okay, so speaking the truth in love, may grow up unto uh, into Him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, who's the head. Okay, and I'm going to get off of that. I'm not going to get into all the rest of that stuff, but I'm serious. You have to be careful. You have to be careful, you know, repeating people's personal private business, and then you speak it out in front of other people, and the person did not give you permission to be able to share it. It was an um, issue that came up back here a few years ago, and uh, the first, and, uh, it was on a, in a workplace, and the person asked me, said, Miss, they came to me, they said, Miss Winbush, could we share this video? Okay. And if the if the people kind of have to come and ask the employee, can they share the video? What you think that you got to do as a leader? You can't just get up there and be shown be be revealing other people's personal business after they done shared it with you and what have you. And you want to get back at somebody and stuff, so you use the microphone to cut them down. That person can go right back in the law. They can go right back and say, look, this man of God or this woman of God is badgering me. They are saying things about because the things that they're saying over the pulpit, I have shared these personal things with them, and they're telling everybody this is, this is my private business. What are you talking It's a tort claim. That's what they call them. Come on out of here. It's tort law. You close your mouth. You know something about somebody else? Don't don't hurt them like that. Don't don't put their business out there like that. Don't treat them. Don't hurt them. The Bible said we're supposed to show love. Well, Fifteen, but speaking the truth in love. Don't hurt them like that. If they if a person is doing something in the church, uh, you know the book. I think it's in the book of Matthew's where it teaches us that we're supposed to first pull the person behind closed doors. I think, I don't know if it's 18 or 26, it's one of them. And Matthew's in the book of Matthew's. This is how leaders are supposed to operate in the church. Okay? We're supposed to pull them back behind us, close doors first. And then after they don't listen, because nine times out of ten, they're going to listen after you tell them the first go round. But if they don't, then the next step we're supposed to take is do what? We're supposed to go get us a witness. And sometimes some uh, pastors that are seasoned and bishops, apostles, pastors, preachers, and evangelists, some of them that are, well, this is not talking about evangelists. This is talking about people that are in leadership, pastors, bishops, bishops, and apostles. After you take them behind closed doors, most of them are already going to have a witness already, those that are seasoned, okay? And then after you take them behind closed doors and then, you go get your witnesses, the second step, the third step is to do what? You take them before the church. Hey, look, you got this person right here and stuff. I need y'all to pray for this person because they continue to do the same thing. I done, I done told, spoke to them in private. I done did this right here. That's really why we have issues and stuff. Oh, they went in there and they throw this person out to church because they were gossiping. They got a right to. 
They got a right to throw them out and stuff if they're causing chaos in the house of God. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. If they go by, if they go by the steps that the God and the Holy Spirit gives them to go by in the Bible, they have a right to put them out of there. Okay? So then after that, the next step is, hey, after I done went in there and I done did all of these steps and I done told you, then the Bible said, let a heathen be a heathen. Okay? And that's when the pastor has the authority to take the next step and put that heathen out. You ain't going to sit there and let nobody be in no church and stuff and cause all that conflict and you can't even get before the word because all that conflict and issues are going on. No, you're not going to do that. Okay? But nine times out of ten, when we pray for the person and we go in there and take it by the steps, God will go in there and work with the person hard sometimes. Most of the time he will. It depends on which steps that you take. You don't go in there and take your own steps. See how much more time I got. Okay. And so um, because Christ is the head of all. So we got to pay attention to that. Christ is over us. Okay, brethren, how good and how pleasant it is, and I'm not going to go into that and stuff, Psalms uh, 133, but, you know, Christ is the head of all, okay, because we're on a total different topic. Um, chapter, uh, verse 16, okay, says, from whom the whole body fitly joined together. So we, we, we're unified, okay? Well, this person Baptist, I don't believe in this. This person Seventh-day Adventist, I don't believe in this. This person, we're all fitly together now, okay? Remember in the scripture now that we, we talking about the word. We're not talking about what man said. Man will mess you up. What shake him up? What did the word say? The word says in the book of Revelation, John said, I turned and behold and I looked and I saw a number that no man could number. That was lang- different languages, tongues. That means there's going to be people in heaven from China. They're going to be in there from Japan. Come on out of here. We can't sit back. Oh, my denomination is the only one that's going to, going to heaven and stuff. Boo-hoo. Because that's not so. He said, I turned and looked, and there was a number that no man could number from all language, nations, and tongues. That's what the word says. W-O-R. We got to stop this. Stop coming in here. Vaticating uh, 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 the word. God don't need you to add nothing. God don't need us to add anything. Just stick to the word. When I saw that, I said, oh, okay, then. There was no certain denomination. It's not going to be Baptist going to be up there. Church of God in Christ going to be up there. Apostolic faith going to be up there. Episcopal going to be AME going to be up there. CME. God going to have his choices of all of us up there. But we're going we gonna to have to fitly get it together down here first. Okay? Because if we didn't, he wouldn't have put it in this word from whom the whole bodily body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies. So I can't have the arm unless I got the leg. I, can, I, I need the leg in order to operate with the head. I got to have the fingers in order to operate with the hands. We need each other, y'all. That's what that is. There's so much division between church folks today like never before, and the enemy is the cause of it, and we are asleep because we can't see it. We cannot see it. We're so busy. We're worrying about what the next person is doing. 
and, 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 and we're, we're so busy worrying about what the next person ain't doing, what this person said about me, and this person over here got more people in my congregation than I do. Just poo-hoo. We complain about everything. According to the effectual working in the measure of every part, make it increase of the body. So the body increases. Who increases? It's the people. It's, the, it's not the people in the pews. It's the people that increases. When we come together, we be unified. We connect with one another, not because of, uh, well, I ain't going to connect with him because he of a different denomination, or I'm not going to connect with her because she of a different race. I'm not going to connect with him because, you know, he, he eat meat. He eat pork. Who cares? Ridiculous. Verse 16, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body. The body, who is the body? It's us, the body of Christ, sisters and brothers, <laughs> unto the edifying of itself. Here we go one more time. In love, in love. I don't know why that keeps coming back to me, but it's not going to take any, nothing off your sleeve to go in there and so into people, congratulate them. You know what? I see that you're building another church. Man of God, I really, you know, God is really moving and working. That's how we come together. That's how we bond together. Okay? You have to ask yourself, am I falling, am I awake? I'll just put it like that. I'm not going to use the other phrase. Am I awake or has the enemy put me in the spirit of stupor while I'm asleep? Verse 17, let's see, we got eight more minutes left. Verse 17, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. So you, you know who Gentiles are, right? Gentiles are the people that without. Who are the people that without? The people that perhaps maybe don't know the word of God. They're not saved. They're not holy. They're unrighteous, okay? In the vanity of their mind, that's their mind. But we still, it still don't stop us from trying to help them in love. Verse 18, having the understanding darkened. The Gentiles' understanding is darkened because they don't know Christ. Being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance, see that? It's a form of ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts. So some people are blind. Okay? Those are the Gentiles. They're blind individuals. You can be blind and go to church every Sunday and still be blind, blind to the word, blind to the spirit, blind to the work of God, still be blind because we, we, we got this swimming pool type spirit, okay? If I put my feet in the swimming pool, then my feet going to get wet. If I keep my feet out of the swimming pool, Gentile, then it's going to stay dry. But we never want to keep go and get our feet wet because we don't want to come all the way in to the fullness of God. You're talking about the people that ain't saved. I'm talking about the people that in leadership. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I said it. The ones that's in leadership. Think about you. Verse 19. Who being past feeling, have given themselves over unto lavishness, lasciviousness, to work all uncleanliness with greediness. Oops. 
oops, oops, greediness. Okay? Got a church ministry. I got a nonprofit ministry. We talking about leaders now. Now we ain't talking about no pastors and and and, and what's the face on this one. We talking about all of them evangelists because you got some evangelists got some powerful outreach ministries, powerful nonprofit. You got some prophets got some powerful outreach ministries. They got some powerful nonprofit ministries. They are powerful, but God don't want us to work in greed. Don't if we're in greed and things. The Bible said we are what we Gentiles when we work in greed. Okay. And how do we work in greed? The more God gives us, the more we want. And he does not want us to be like that. He does not want us to, you know. I'm not going to say that. I'm, I'm going to keep that to myself. I just heard the Holy Spirit. Don't tell it. But I'm going to keep that part to myself. But we, we, we make sure that whatever that we need, we go and we get before God. We talk to him, tell him what we need, ask him what we need, and things. He'll give it to us. But then when he he give it to us, don't go in there and still keep asking folks for stuff. People going through stuff. Folks ain't got time to be listening to you, run your mouth, asking folks about, give them more, this right here. Folks already going through stuff. They going through and after they done paid their tithes and off, and then they got to come give you something else, you sit down somewhere. She come by shape. They already going through something. Inflation is, just think about it. You wouldn't want nobody to do you like that. Treat people the way you want to be treated. You ask, that's greedy. That's, that's what the word said, greediness. Chapter, read Acts chapter 8 about that man went in there and whooped them folks down in their pocketbooks and their wallets. He was whooping them down, beating them down until Peter came up on the scene and told him, you need to repent. Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't treat them like that. Okay? Because where your heart is, that's where your treasure is too. You know we ain't moved. The, the, the saints of God is never moved by money. We know that it takes money to do certain things. But if you keep working, I'm telling you, it'll come to you what you have to, you don't even have to ask them for. God is my witness. I ain't never got up here and asked nobody for nothing. Because I believe that if I'm in the will of God and I'm working his will, doing what he asked me to do, it's going to fall into place. Okay? It's going to fall into place. I don't have to have a specific amount of anything. You know, we can't be greedy. The more he give us and the more we have, we got to go in and ask for more. We already got a biscuit, then we need five biscuits. Like that boy that was on good times and stuff, Eddie, went in there was taking Michael's lunch and stuff, lunch money. And they was up there at the table playing after uh, Michael had invited him to spend the night, uh, the weekend with him and things. And then they was praying, and he was sitting up there just taking all the biscuits and stuff, just getting all the biscuits. Ain't nobody didn't kill him about no eat They kill him about nobody else at the table eating, just so long as he got his belly full first. Come on out of there. Greedy. And James had to go in now and said, "Look, Edward, we in here." 
uh, no, no, we 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 praying. He said and he just kept grabbing the biscuits. Y'all go head on. And James had to go in there and take the stuff out of his hand and stuff and make him stop. That's poverty. Lord, please help me in this house. That's poverty thinking. Somebody ain't been delivered from poverty. Okay? There's nothing wrong with a person sewing, but you, 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 you don't be greedy with it. Don't be greedy. People are going through things. Don't, don't make a person feel that they can't be blessed if they don't sew. That's, don't treat them like that. People are doing everything they can. Some people live on government assistance, and to tell somebody like that all they want to do is support your ministry and what have you and things like that, I tell uh don't do bullshit. I decree in the name of Jesus that they will come up and they will be financially just as blessed as the person that have it is working a job six or seven days a week. Okay? We don't never put a person down like that. That's putting them down. Don't do that. We don't criticize people. We don't ridicule them, put them down and mash them down like that if they don't do a certain thing or they don't pay us. Some people are on different types of uh, government assistance. They own, uh, you know, uh, uh, welfare. Some people may be on food stamps. Some people may be on retirement. Some people may um, have uh, Social Security and stuff. Sometimes people may not, cannot even afford it, but they're willing to follow your ministry. Be thankful for that. Got six more minutes. It's ridiculous trying to make a person feel to feel low about themselves. That make a person feel have a low self esteem if they feel that they can't come up on your level. That's your level. That ain't God's level. That's yours. Reverse that thing and ask God that God please help me to to know that I am more than enough and you are more than enough in my life. That whatever it is that I'm lacking, that you have the power to provide it without me have to ask folks for stuff all the time. That, this word came up here and said greediness. I didn't. Okay, let's see where we're at. Because we're doing both audio and video today. Um, well, we do audio and video every time we get on here. Okay, so who then passed? Feelings have given themselves over until this is the Gentiles. You don't want to be labeled as no Gentile and stuff like that. But he's just man saying it right now that the, that the uncleanliness and the greediness and stuff is the Gentiles. Come on, Europe. Twenty. I ain't thinking about you. But yet, that boho shit, that boho shot. Ain't thinking about you. That's what this word said. Now I'm gonna teach this word. Verse twenty. But ye have not so learned Christ. See that? Uh oh. There go right there. I didn't write it. This is what the man said. But ye have not so learned Christ. And don't try to flip the scripture around to fit it for your own personal gain, because it's not so. 21. If so he if so be ye have learned him and have been taught by him, see there, as the truth is in Jesus that ye put off concerning the former conversations, the old man, Pharisees, the tradition of man, these doctrines we got all up on these walls, these church walls when we go to church on Sunday morning and we ain't living none of it. I'm going to write another doctrine and stuff and then we ain't li- I ain't living nothing that the doctrine said, which is corrupt according to them, according to the what? Deceitful lust. You can have lust in the desires. You can have lust of money. You can have lust of food. All of us can. 
I told you about that bacon wrap, bacon and cheese wrap. That thing was good. But I told God, if you got an emotional attachment to it from the pigs, take it off my agenda, off my menu. Okay? Verse 23 says, got three minutes, and he and this is going to be the last scripture for part one. And he renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness, true holiness. You know, some denominations still preach holiness or hell. It got to be true. It cannot be nothing false. It may look good. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm just telling you now, Satan will present something to us and make it look, and we'll be sitting up there all day long. We'll, we'll, we got all our I's and T's dotted on everything else, but when it comes down to, you know, asking folk for stuff, we don't know how to stop. So we don't. We got everything else together, but we don't want to stop. We don't know how to stop asking folk for stuff. I'm trying to tell you, people are going through things. You never saw Jesus put anything out there where He asked them folk for nothing. He gave to those people. Our ministry, we do outreach ministry and things like that. I deal with vendors and what have you. And when they come to me and what have you, uh, can we do? No, you can't. You can't sell nothing on this platform here. You got to give to these folks. If you can't give, you can't be no vendor, okay? So we, 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 he had to get on me about it too. Who hindered you? You ran well, but I, and I had to crank that stuff right back up because sometimes if we don't watch ourselves and stuff, we'll get, we'll get, you know, we'll slide off the, off the bench a little bit. And that's why we always have to ask God. We have to talk to him all the time. Lord, please help us to stay in alignment. Okay, so we're going to stop right there, verse um, 24, 4th chapter of Genesis, of Ephesians. Paul is talking to the church of Ephesus. Colossians is a church. Galatians is a church. Philippians, Philippi, that's a church. All of them are churches, okay? And that's where the judgment begins at. First, so we can't go in there and flip God's word around. Neither can we get offended by what the word said. It's true. We got to go in there and see when we don't want to turn, you know, the scripture says in the book of Chronicles and stuff, we got to turn from our wicked ways. We got to see, we got to turn. And when we refuse to turn, you can already notice the enemy's going to set a trap up for us. When, hey, my, 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 Shikay, when we refuse to turn, we got to turn. Once we hear the word, the day that you hear my voice, this ain't talking about no no end times. It's talking about right now. With the day that you hear my voice, because a lot of times when I be uh, listening to other leaders and stuff too, I do, because when you don't feel that you have to listen to somebody else, you're already walking in pride. So I support other leaders and they platforms. And when I be listening to them, sometimes that stuff will choke me right up in here and I have to go in there and get me a spiritual glass of water so it can go all the way down so I can work on that situation because we all got flaws. Think you don't have flaws? I'm a bishop. I ain't got no flaws. You lying. I'm a prophet. I ain't got no, no flaws. You lying. I'm a pastor. I ain't got no flaws. You lying, I'm an apostle, and I don't have no flaws. You lying. Okay, all of us got them. And when the Holy Spirit brings it, we got to work on it, okay? So, again, until next week, we're going to continue our session with effective leadership.
And this is Pastor Diane Winbush thanking you so much for tuning in with us, video and audio. And so until next week, you all be blessed and have a wonderful day. Have you been looking for an online business that will actually make you money? Well, your search is finally over at ecomsglobal.com. With Ecoms Global, you will find an opportunity to own your very own business that will make you real money. Ecoms Global has everything you need to start your very own home-based e-commerce business today. Included is a site builder, your own website with a content management system, product inventory, and even a shopping cart for your customers. Ecoms Global is the real deal, and they use the latest technology that accepts Bitcoin payments. Now you can own a real e-commerce business that is very lucrative for just $11.97. Stop searching the net for weeks and months at a time, looking for opportunities that simply don't work. Ecoms Global is the world's only integrated e-commerce system. Start your very own e-commerce business in minutes. Visit ecomsglobal.com. You've wasted enough time. This is it. ecomsglobal.com.